he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Welcome to episode 35 of Bolotified, the one and only podcast about event entertainment and engagement. My name is Anthony Bolotta, and I am Bolotified. And I'm here today with my one and only Bolotophile, Alex Aposolidis. Good morning, Alex. Good morning. Happy Monday to you. How are, How are you? you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. It was a work weekend for us here at Bolotta. We uh, had a couple of events this weekend, small ones, social events. They're starting to come back. So uh, it was a productive weekend. Good for you. Good for you. I had something very sweet happen the what? other day. What? 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 Well, and it got me to thinking about what we do uh, as artists, but also through corporate entertainment. I had a friend of mine that I met when I was a kid doing musical theater and he was the brilliant pianist at 16 he was a brilliant pianist and I had the one of the female leads in the show and um, he reached out and we started chatting he said I'm reminded that uh, it's now been x amount of years 40 years since we did that show and we met and we had a very sweet conversation and it just got me to thinking about how what we do the sentimentality of what we do the human connection we make through art. She said it's not only life-changing, but life-affirming. And uh, whether it's musical theater or corporate events, you know, we make some really cool human connections because of art. And um, it's, it, I don't know, just got me all mushy and sentimental. Mm, I love it. Well, that's I, one of the reasons why we do it. It fills the soul and that makes us feel good when we're able to make those connections happen, to facilitate those connections through whatever it is we're doing. Because essentially what we're doing is making memories. Mm -hmm. And in today's experiential economy, that's more important than ever, especially after a year like we had. Yes. Yeah, right? Yes. I'm buoyed by it myself because I don't, I don't spend a lot of time with people necessarily. I'm, I don't really consider myself a loner, but I'm happy to be alone. But on the other hand, it's really nice to be able to connect with people again. And I think this weekend I gave my first set of hugs to people that are not in my tiny little circle. Right. You no. Know? And the first thought that flew through my mind was, oh God, I'm about to do something I shouldn't do. I'm going to walk in for the hug. And then I released and just let the hug happen, you know, but it was funny how I was a little initially hesitant mm -hmm. to just sort of jump in. But then it felt so good just to connect with people and feel the hug and, and to share in it. Yes. You know? Yeah. Because now those, it, it really is a, uh, a shared experience that, even something that's simple, a handshake, a hug, it's 
everybody, I, I've noticed that when I'm hugging people, it's not just a, hi, how are you hug? It's a hug. Even if I don't know them that well, it's a hug. Like people don't want to mm -hmm. let go. It's the hug you give someone when you haven't seen them in a hundred years, <laughs> right? It's that kind of <laughs> clingy, squeezy kind of hug. Yeah. Those are the best kind. Yes, absolutely. Well, today we have somebody on our show that is definitely a name people will recognize. Uh, delighted to have him. He's a he's very busy. He doesn't sit on his hands all day, so we feel very blessed to have him here. Alex, tell us who we have today. Well. He is known as the paradigm of prestigious happenings. I love that. That's so cool. His creative events are legendary and his influence is worldwide from uh, the economic forum in Davos, Switzerland, to a birthday party for the King of Morocco, to a signature event at the Palace of Catherine the Great in St. Petersburg, Russia. That man gets all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, he was inducted into the Event Industry Hall of Fame by BizBash in 2019. Uh, but this is something that I really uh, love, is that his desire to give back to the event community and pay it forward is paramount. And his it's evidenced by his very famously successful The Hot List, which was born out of his belief that ideas should be shared with one another. So please, let's welcome the CEO of Cervelli Creative, Michael Cervelli. Hello, Michael. Michael. How are you? Goodness, you. it's been a hundred years. Well, that's how old you are. That shows how old you are. I'm. I will <laughs> always true. be younger than you, no matter how old you are. I will always be younger, even if it's not true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> how have you been holding up, Mister? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you, Eric. We're really, it's its uh, pretty amazing over here that it's been, I'm proud to say, an incredible year. Good. Wonderful. What, what's made it incredible for you? Um, this team, uh, I don't want to use the word pivot. I want to use the word move the needle. Okay. Um, they move the needle five to 10 degrees. Uh, Last time we were uh, at a live event, an industry event, was March 12th of last year in Las Vegas at Cater Source, the mm -hmm. special event. And um, we literally closed Vegas that day. We yes. uh, shut the doors on Vegas and we all went home. And then March 16th of last year, Monday, we sat in our old office and we made a decision as a team that some of the part-timers were going to just step back a little bit and uh, we had a couple of good changes that happened within but the core team was going to all go work from home and we're going to see what's happening we know what's happening but we're going to prepare ourselves and within two three weeks we uh did our first virtual event and 16 months later i'm proud to say we've done over 180 virtual events great yeah yeah, how did that feel, Michael, for you? You've been in this business a long time like me, and suddenly here we are faced with the proposition that we better get on the boat or we're going to be left behind. How did you feel about that last year? Um, listen, I, what my team let me do was let me be the captain, and I was watching the, the seeds. I was watching the storms, uh, how they were coming in and things like that. But 
What I didn't do, I didn't step on the team's toes. They were out there um, um, working hard to keep events coming in, looking at things differently than I would as a live events person where I'm thinking about the production, staging and lighting. They're now taking the steps to learn Zoom and different platforms and all these different things to make it successful. And the ones that wanted to go a little bit more. So how I looked at it was like, I gotta make sure that this boat is still sailing. We're still moving forward. February last year, guys, um, we were um, um, in a brand new building. We signed a contract. We were gonna move in April 1st. Where I am right now is an 1894 firehouse in the middle of New York City's Chelsea. Wow. Where, where, is it? where in the city? What, it, is what on, part? it is on West 30th Street between um, 7th and 8th Avenues, um, and it's called 24030. And it's amazing. When I tell you amazing, and it's a creative space, gallery, event space, shared space, we want to all be creative together here. So you asked me before about how I'm looking at this. I'm not losing this building. I'm not, not moving out of where we were before um, to go into this new building. Did we delay things? Yeah, I wasn't gonna drop the ball. So I was looking at this as like, we are gonna move this year forward. There's gonna be challenges ahead of us. There are things that are going to scare us, but we got through it. So I let the team be the team and I let the managers be the managers and the directors be the directors. So we moved into this place officially June 1st and we had a team back together working hand in hand, face in face, face to face with a mask on, I should say, um, um, the middle of June. And we've been working nonstop since then in person. And I think that was the most successful things that we did together. So looking at this picture, I never stopped thinking about events, but I had to look at events differently. And that's why I don't like the word pivot. All you have to do is move the needle five or 10 degrees, guys. And for me, I, I can't say that for everybody. The caterers couldn't do that. The designers couldn't do that. But for a production company, moving that needle five or 10 degrees had me in a new path within a year. Mm. When you saw, I, I can only imagine that when you signed that lease in February, you were feeling really good. And then March came around and suddenly here you are with this lease staring you in the face. Yep. Uh, I, I was in the same position at, right before 9-11. I signed a new lease and then that happened. How did you feel and how did you, how did you buoy yourself so that you can continue to move on in the face of what I imagine might have felt like a momentary feeling of financial ruin about to happen because here you are moving into a new lease and the bottom fell out. How did you keep yourself moving forward and focused during all of that craziness? I love that question. I love that question, especially because you said with the financial obligation that's there. Um, we joked around a second ago about our age and how long we've been in business. This September is going to be 44 years for me, guys. God bless. Wow. I thought I started when I was 13 years old, and I'm very, very proud of it. And uh, um, this September, uh, I, I turned 57. That's 44 years. So if I go back to the first recession, 80s, 90s era, that's where I think I was more scared than any other time in my life because I was the young fun kid from Long Island doing all these events for the who's who of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And they're flying me here, flying me there. And when that recession hit, well, 
savings? What savings? There was no savings. All right. I was I was I was You're a kid to events in a limousine. Right. Uh, <laughs> I got you know, the life. Right. Yeah, I, I, was, I was a young hotshot. Mm -hmm. But from that point on, the next recession, September 11th, as you just mentioned, Hurricane Sandy that hit New York, yeah. we prepared ourselves for things of the floor dropping out. And I always say this, and I really truly believe this, we're lucky. We get to travel the world. We get to do some very, very big events, some huge social clients that the money that is spent on these events, it's amazing. And corporate too, that they're flying everybody around the world. But what I've learned a long time ago, though I'm able to make a great living and support a family and have a house, I have to support another family, my team. So the same way that I save from my family, I save from my team. So there's two savings that are there. So when the floor does drop out on us next time, I knew I was gonna be able to get through six months of wherever I had to be. So when that lease hit, the first thing I did called that landlord. Listen, guys, you know we're gonna be moving out April 1st. You've got nothing happening right now. Can you extend me May and June, get me to June? Michael, you got it, don't worry about it. Called this place, did the same thing. They were all, they, they, they weren't, they didn't wanna lose it. They didn't want us to call and say, we're moving out, dropping the lease on this place, especially. But my old landlord, there was nothing going in there. There was nothing happening. As a matter of fact, they're redoing that whole building. So the construction stopped. So they had no problem letting me sit there. So all those things that we did to make sure financially on that end, it was great. I made sure there was a savings for my, my team in the future, the same way with my family. And because the events came in, and a lot of people don't say it, but thank you, government, for PPPs. Thank you, SBA. You know, here, here. a lot of people forget about that. And the only thing, and I'm sorry, I'm rambling right now, but the only no. thing I do want to say is I hope the companies out there that did get their PPPs used it for PPP. That means keep your employees working and engaged in some sort of way. And that helped me. Here, here. Yes. One trillion percent were on that same line of thinking with you, Michael. Absolutely. And God bless that you have the fortitude and you learned from past years that it's important to save and to be ready for when this happens. Uh, you were very smart. Yep. It, and it helped. And you negotiated where somebody else might have said, well, I'm, I'm screwed. You know, I, I have this deal and now I'm just going to fold my cards and scream bankruptcy or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But you took the right approach. You were positive. You, I, I'm sure you said to yourself, hey, what do I got to lose, right? I'll, I'll make a call and I'll do what I can to save this. And you, you were presented with positive feedback. People were in, you, you know, in your court with you because you didn't fold. You were proactive, right? You made them know my intention is still to take this space. We're still moving in, but can you can you work with me? And they did. Absolutely. And listen, they were in the same predicament as us. You know, I saw uh, what they have in this area, the, the places that um, th this realty company who were, we became dear friends over the past year because of our closeness. And we worked together on this. The ones that did have to close their doors, the two restaurants right across the street from my office that... I don't think they'll ever be coming back. And as a matter of fact, in, 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 in January of last year, 
Um, that's where that deal was signed in the restaurant across the street. And we were so happy to tell them, Lee, you got a new neighbor, blah, blah, blah. We're going to be here. We'll see you soon. And it, it's sad to see those things happen. But you'd be surprised when you sit down, everything doesn't have to be a hard negotiation. Talk it and that's it. And we laid it all out. And they were like, go for it. Let's work together and make this happen. They did not want to see us out either. And you two know, who knew what this year was going to be? You know, it, it's not a... Uh, um, 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 a hurricane Sandy where you need a few weeks to get back on your feet or this is this is going to be a ripple effect into 2022 for us and, and so that simple we are not out of this no and and what I think people are forgetting is that the U.S. Canada and the U.K. are far beyond and ahead of the rest of the world in combating this. So international events, international travel, all of that is still impacted. I know you travel internationally to do events, so I, I have to assume that for right now, you're not planning on any of that because you know it's just gonna be a while before people on the international stage are ready to come together. You know, you know, uh, Anthony, Alex, the, one, of the, one of the things that we were very, very lucky about with me that I wasn't on an airplane for close to 13 months. I got to be here in this city and work on this place. So what we accomplished in one year, and if you ever take a look at it, it's called 24030.com, the website. Take a look at what was done in a year. People are like, you did this in a year? Yeah, because I wasn't on an airplane flying right, right. every day, right? Exactly. I was stuck in it. You know, I was looking at it and, and I was on the website. It is amazing. It's absolutely gorgeous. Thank you. I just want to go and do an event there. I want to go and I want to go and do a show there. <laughs> do a show, Anthony. And I'm I'm down. Let's go. And what's beautiful about it is, I've not seen it yet, but it's right in the middle of the city, as you said. It is right there. Yeah. Easily and, accessible. And thank you both. It means a lot. Anthony, definitely take a look at it. But what we decided to do in, in our slogan with the place is be creative together, is when we found the place, there's, there's four floors, a beautiful, almost finished basement here. We're great for storage shower, gym down there. And then next year, we just couldn't do it this year because still we have some construction on the building next door. We're gonna open up the roof next year. So we're gonna have a roof deck as well. But um, the first and, uh, and third floors are event space, meeting space, whatever you want for intimate groups, 60, 72 people, that's it. But the second floor is what I'm most proud about. It's a shared workspace for only industry people. There are friends that, that needed to downsize or not step away from their business, but downsize. So they're here working every single day now and they have an office where they can meet with their teams, prepare for events, do whatever they want. And then the whole fourth floor is um, myself and Elegant Affairs Caterer, incredible caterer here in New York. And I'm so proud to say who my industry partner is on the building, which many of you know is Mr. Larry Green oh, from yeah. Boston, Massachusetts. And Larry and I, uh, created something pretty incredible here. So I'm very proud of that. Did you approach Larry with this idea? Um, yeah, as soon as I saw the building, I was like, it was funny. I was looking for a new space because I knew they were going to do construction on my old place. And for about a year, I was looking at it. And my realtor said to me, Michael, if you don't like this place, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> it was so, there was nothing. Because if you don't like this one, and it was like, boom. And the landlord only wanted to give us two floors and um, um, I said to Larry, we got to take over this building. And he came into the city and he's like, 
oh my God, we have to have this building. And, and that's what it was. And he, he wanted to be a part of New York City and he's my brother. And it's an incredible partnership and an incredible experience this past 15 months. Good for you. I, I have to say, you, you couldn't have picked a better partner. That is correct. He's is a correct. terrific guy and smart. A mensch. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we, we'd love to know about the hot list that you've yes. created and are very well known for around the world. We were arguing here in our office about when your first hot list hit the special event. Do you remember when? Yes, it actually didn't hit the special event, believe it or not. It hit event solutions. Oh. oh hey. that? And it wasn't called the hot list. It was called, deep breath, Michael Cibelli's 101 Hot Event and Entertainment Ideas in 90 Minutes. That was the first title. <laughs> if you can get through the title in 90 minutes, you're golden. <laughs> exactly. And, and it was... This year we will be celebrating, and I have a, a little story to tell you about this, but this year we will be celebrating, Anthony and Alex, our 20th anniversary of the Hollis. This is I, 20 years this year. It's incredulous. I can't, I can't even believe it. And you've been part of it a few times, Mr. Few times, Yeah, that's why I can't believe it. I'm not that old. <laughs> metal, metal, metal mariachi was my favorite. That's right. That was in Chicago. As I recall, is that where it was? Yeah, I believe so. So you're what? I'm curious to know. You did the hot list last year at TSE Cater yep. Source, yep. Uh, and uh, boom, the sky fell out. Wow. So how did that? So let me just tell you something. Yeah. Not knowing, many things were born. Many things. March 12th will go down as a as a day for us that many things happened. You know, when we walked into. Uh, um, um, TSE um, March 9th that Monday um, the buzz was there people were getting nervous people were starting to leave and, and, and go home and we were had to prepare for a hot list one of the biggest hot list ever it was the 19th anniversary and um, you know it was Roll Jonas a gentleman from a party rental limited here in New York City that hit me when it really that was a punch in the face. Roll that Tuesday said, we got 300 cancellations already this week. Big rental company, big. 300 cancellations, blew my mind. Um, but we went on with this show and we were watching things. Wednesday, we got done with rehearsals. Wednesday night, I went back to the room, turned on the TV and the president at that time said, uh, well, we're gonna start stop foreign travel and this and that, we're shutting down airports. People were scared. There was an exodus. I knew I had to hit that stage on Thursday morning and just pump everybody up. So eight o'clock in the morning, those doors open. It should have been an audience, the guys of about 4,000 people. They had about 800 people that did an exodus. So wow. I had about 3,200 people in the audience. But once I hit that stage, I stopped. I said, everybody, clear your heads. Clear your heads just for an hour and a half. I see your bags. I know you got to run to the airport. Let's just focus on where we have to be right now. And we'll get through it. It's gonna to be tough decisions on Monday morning, but I promise you, if we do this as a team in this next few months, that's what we thought, the next few months, who knew where right. we were going to be, um, stay hashtag event strong. So event strong was born for us. And it follows through this year. 
And the hot list ended with one of the most incredible message branding, unexpected, unplanned things that we ever did in our life. Um, state, uh, stage story, Brett Culp, the phenomenal Brett Culp, and I created something in November of 2019 for a client called Stage Story. And he ended that show with a five minute message called 100 Million Moments about the 100 million moments that we create as event professionals. People left that audience standing up, applauding, and tears in their eyes because they knew it was going to be a hard day. So that hot list last year, unplanned, was probably the most moving and breathtaking hot list that we ever created in our 19-year history at that point. And now moving into this 20th year, TSC is next month in Miami. You, I'm assuming you're in full swing, pulling the hot list together, the presentation. How has it been getting uh, showcasers, people interested in showcasing this year? It's, it's not a problem on the ones we chose, but I'm planning a different hot list this year. And, and Anthony and Alex can tell you, honestly, this was going to be the last hot list. It was going to be my last 20th live show hot list. It's a lot of work. And yes. business has grown, you know, and it's producing a show that we're making people come to. Some people ne never heard of Michael Cervelli and we're telling them they have to go to this area for free and fly and I'm going to promote you. And then once they get on the list, they realize the kind of business that could be coming off the hot list. So it's phenomenal. So this year, there really wasn't a lot of creation of new talent that was out there. We see it coming now and that's there. So I am going to do an very different hot list this year. And I think it's going to be inspirational. I think it's going to be inspiring. I think it's going to be everything the hot list is with giving ideas, but in a very different way. And it's going to be not the 30 or 36 acts. That's what we fall in between each year, 30 to 36. I should say acts and products and um, 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 different entertainments. Um, it will be a tighter show, not as many acts entertainment products and more inspirational from a lot of messaging and a lot of branding that we'll do with other people on how they got through it, not looking back, what Beautiful. they're doing moving forward. Oh. So what I decided with TSC that next year in Anaheim, California, uh, on you hear my California, is that yeah. New York? I heard that. Yeah, bye. <laughs> California. Uh, I knew it was in New York. I was like, they're going to my mother. So right. we love it. <laughs> um, my mother will be the 20, 2022 will be Michael Cervelli's um, 21st birthday party, the end of the hot list. So we're going to go even bigger and better in Anaheim. And this will be a great show. I hope they have a good audience. I'm hearing people are starting to get the buzz right now, but people are getting back on their feet right now. And that's how we're building a great inspirational show this year. And I'm telling you, it's going to be wonderful. I'm excited about it, what we're going to have. Some definite, different surprises, but a hot list like we've never done before. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to see it. Are you too, Alex? We're both I am. Coming. I'm very excited to see it. I can't wait. Thank you. Yeah, we have our tickets already, and we are, we're excited to be coming. I um, Have you been working with TSC throughout this year and building this presentation? And I'm curious to know if they're feeling like this show is going to be well attended, if people are coming back, if you know if they're getting positive 
feedback? They are. You know, it, it probably was a little slower at the beginning, but now it's starting to build, which I'm really, really excited about because I need to keep track of this stuff too. Obviously, I the only affiliation I have with TSC and Cater Sauce is as is, is being in so deep with them for so many years. And when we moved uh, from Event Solutions over to TSC, I think it's it's over. 12, 13 years, maybe 15 years ago that we went from Event Solutions to them. They've always been wonderful to me. And I wanted to know what the audience was feeling. It's important for me. I just didn't want to get on stage and say, look at this, watch this. And people going, I don't have anything to do with this right now. I don't know right. what to do. I want to give them stuff that they need. So right now, the, the response is coming in quicker now. So I think in these last few weeks where people are making that last minute decision, we're going to have a really, really nice audience there. Will it be from the years past? Listen, honestly, I don't think so, but I think we'll have uh, a great audience. And what I said to a lot of people is, remember, the who's who in the business will be there, and you can get a lot closer to them on a show like this. And that's where new people in our industry should take this chance to be with the, the um, seasoned pros and talk to them and get into their ear because we'll have a lot more time for each other could not agree with you more. This is such an opportunity for people who don't know the show, who want to be in the business, who want to plan events. This is the best time to come to the special event for exactly the reason that you just said. We feel that it's important to be there this year more than any year in the past five or 10 because of last year. And we understand that a lot of people are no longer in business. A lot of people have left the industry. And so we've been trying really hard to keep our face out there. And this is just another step in letting people know that we're still around. So even those of us who've been around a long time who think the show may not be important this year, hmm, that's the wrong way to look at it. Yeah. Yep. It's time to re-engage. You have to, you must, you've got to. Maybe you're not bringing your whole team down there. But get yourself or someone important from your team there to network, schmooze, mingle. Just spend time with people. Get your face in front of everybody. We're alive. We're surviving. Talk here. This is the year that you should be hearing about what we should be doing. Stop looking at the past. Look at what's ahead of us. Look at what's ahead. Because both of you, I will tell you something right now. Horrible things. Horrible things for many, many families and businesses happened in this past year. But there's a flip to every coin. There's there's another side to everything. Our industry was catapulted five years into the future because of COVID. What we were afraid about with technology for many, many years has just pushed us forward. And this is the time to learn now, quick, strike while the iron is hot, and take advantage of what is coming up. Because people, New York right now, I, I was at the, I was at with with the fire department in New York the other day for a site inspection. We're doing a big event for them. They asked me how's business. I said we're on fire right now, and they all got hysterical. <laughs> I was like, what? It was hot. It was like fire department, fire, Michael. I was like, but it's the oh. truth. This city is on fire right now. You can't keep up with the amount of things that are coming in. But besides live, besides virtual, you better start learning about hybrid, and you better yes. start getting involved if you want to stay strong. So get to a conference like this and start learning. Yes. And especially now that hybrid, and I'll say it again, is still undefined and will take on many, 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 many definitions as we move forward. Yep. You know what, Michael? I think the, the, one, the one thing that just keeps coming back during this interview is that you look at the silver lining that although things could be crap, and they were, you made a decision 
for you and your team that you weren't going to get bogged down in the mire, that you were going to find a silver lining because there absolutely has to be one. And so that's the positive thinking and the positive approach that honestly separates those who succeed and those who don't. It's can I, really- can I, can, I, yeah. can I ask you a question? How many years are you in the industry now? I am in the, I'm in business 26 years and in the industry about 35. Okay, so let's think about when you first started doing events. How many mistakes did you make at the beginning? How many things did you learn from every event? You always learn from a mistake. A tons, thousands of times. Yeah. I, I, we became, you know, we, you know, we, one of the biggest things we've learned this past year, you know, we became shipping experts. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I've probably lost about $6,000 to Federal Express because oh. the things that we just didn't know and things right. like that and learned and making better deals now. But there's, there's a learning curve to everything. This is the learning curve year that's going to get in, into 2022 and beyond. So this is where we need to start learning a different approach to, to what you said. There's going to be different different um, forms of this hybrid, and it's all coming. Before this phone call, I just hung up with Expo, um, Sandy uh, Hammer, and the whole team from there because we've been doing a lot of work on their platform. Whoa. You talk about blow your mind. One of my favorite programs, one of my favorite programs that I can't miss every December because I think it's the most well-produced if you want to call it an award show, but most well-produced award show specials that I feel is on TV every year is the Kennedy Center Honors. Mm -hmm. And the Kennedy Center Honors just did it on the Expo platform. And think about that. Dick Van Dyke was honored and, and mm -hmm. all these other wonderful, wonderful people. But they took what was done at the Kennedy Center Honors with donors that spent $500,000 for this show. Donors like that and, and all that. And they did it on a platform like this. So in the future, yes, it will be on TV again. But will there be a level where the people that can't attend need to be entertained in a different way, too, without just watching it? So that's where we're all learning and grasping and getting to know right now. So this is going to be the future. And that's why this Five, five years into the future that took us baby steps maybe to get there, what should have taken us baby steps to get there, is now made giant leaps. So we better learn it fast or we're going to be left behind. And, it, and there's been sort of a, a balancing, if you will, of knowledge in the industry. And to your point, this is a time when we have an opportunity to get ahead of our clients again because they've become really savvy right and they yeah. know all the tricks of the trade and they know pretty much how you're doing things and so it's harder to sort of rein in a client when they think they know as much as you now we're sort of balanced out again and there's an opportunity to sort of get ahead of the layman if you will i i, I applaud you for saying that because that's what the client is looking for there was a point in our in our lives where Oh, I could do an event. I did my son's party. I did my daughter's wedding. Blah 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 blah. Okay, you uh, now that now they're event planners. They're not technical savvy. Most people aren't. So the uh, the the meeting planner, the event planner, the producer are being reached out to more than ever to help us. We need your help. Support us. All right. This is new to us. 
And this is the time that I've been saying to everybody, Anthony and Alex, I've been saying this, this is the time that you're not making deals. This is the time that if you're charging for a service, charge for your service. Don't be afraid. Everyone's like, oh, I don't want to lose the business. I don't. If we go out there and, and charge for our time, charge for our energy, charge for our services, this industry will grow strong and people will realize they need people that are experts at producing events because it is not easy. Don't be giving away the farm anymore, especially now going forward. This is the time to say, I'm an event planner, I'm a meeting planner, and be damn proud of it and charge for your services. Hey, just on that thought, how do you feel about the prospect of charging for ideas and proposals and estimates, which is not something that we've ever been able to do in this industry? And quite honestly, it's been the, the cross that many of us have had to bear because we feel that sometimes we're giving away the idea and presenting it. So what are, just what are your thoughts on, on the idea of charging for ideas and proposals and if that could ever, ever gain any traction? Um, a, a, a dear friend of ours here in New York, Anthony Tessetta of Anthony Tessetta Event Designs, um, nails it completely. And this is the way we do it. Um, people will come back and say, I need a proposal. We, we, we won't, we can't, we just can't stop and come up with all these ideas. But we do come up with the teeth and we explain this to everybody quite uh, um, simple at the very beginning. Listen, you wanna hear some ideas and stuff like that, we're more than happy to present it to you. But we're not building these ideas anymore so someone can take it and run to the next person and say, can you do it cheaper? So basically we'll come up with a concept hear about their, their idea, put a simple, simple mood board together. We won't do any graphics, we won't do any design, maybe a couple of doodles, something fun, easy for them to understand it. But to move to the next step, we will not move to the next step with a true proposal without a scope of work. And we then is where we're charging. And a, a scope of work really puts us in that safety zone now. So you like what we're presenting to you. You see who we are as a company. You understand what we're doing. You know we're, we're, we're established because of everything that you've seen from our past. We're more than happy to show you the past and some good ideas. But if you sign a scope of work and, and put a certain deposit down, and then it's basically using, usually using a percentage of what the event should be, the financial parameters around the whole event. We usually look at it as 5 to 10%. And once they lock you in there, if they don't move forward with you after that, it's kind of a one more step process to get there. But you can't just say, I won't do your proposal without charging your fee. Work with the client, show them that you're successful, but don't move to the next steps without a scope of work. And then from the scope of work, if everybody is happy, then is when we go to contract. So that's how I feel is the best way to charge for creative services. That's an excellent way to do it. Because you're not turning, as you said, you're not turning clients away. You're not alienating them by making them think that uh, you're just out for their money. You're Correct. working with them. But you're also defending and protecting your own value. Mm -hmm. we, you, uh, you have to. You have to. You have to. I, I was just talking to a young man two or three weeks ago who was talking about doing something free. Uh, he's a dancer. For potential benefactors so that they could see what it is that he's doing and get engaged. And I said to him, if you do it free, 
that's all they're going to remember yep. is that you can do it for no money. Mm -hmm. And that's how you will be perceived in the marketplace. Let's use you when we don't have a budget or we need something free. Like It's not a stepping stone. And there's so many that get caught up in that game in yep. our world and end up taking business, losing money, and they're not doing anything for the industry. Can't agree with you more. I can't agree with you more. You have to set financial parameters for yourself. You know, now with the building and stuff like that, people are knocking on the door. We would like to do this, you know, the different organizations and stuff like that. Listen, I respect it, but there, there has to be something for us to turn on the lights. There has to be something for, if you're going to sell a ticket, I understand, but I may not say this is the price that we normally charge. I'm not going to hit you with that, but it's got to be something. You just can't give away the farm and, and work with people and make sure, you know, another thing too is um, when you are doing stuff, maybe at a reduced rate. Is that a good way of saying it, guys? When nice. Yes. Rate, yes. Um, 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 instead of free. Uh, but at a reduced rate, make sure, and this is something that we put into place and everything, we want to see and approve all advertising before it goes out. Am I getting the, the press that I need? Am I getting the, the response that I want to see from the audience out there? Do they know it's me? Just putting a logo there, you know, there's 300 logos at the bottom of the page. Here's all our sponsors. What did that do for you? You know it right. didn't do anything for you. No one's clicking on that. No one even looks at all the sponsors. Maybe one kid said, oh, I know that company, and you're on to the next thing. We make sure that we're, if we're going to give a service or at a reduced rate or whatever we're going to do for them, we make sure that they publicize that we're involved, interview us, do whatever it takes, and that's the way you have to be. You have to be in front of them because it's about what you can get for free by many, many people, and then you're just left in the dust. And, and, and I, I didn't get anything out of that. Did you make sure you got something out of it? That's what you need to do. Don't just give it away. Work at it, reduce it, make sure they're advertising you. Great. And make sure they know the value of what it is you're reducing, right? So if you're yep. going to contract with those people and you're stating that reduced fee, make sure somewhere in the contract it states what the real fee is and that you're giving them a reduction. I, I, again, you, you're, you're, you're speaking to the client right now. Every time that, listen, a client says, you need to hit that, right next to it. Courtesy pricing, normal, it says it right there. So next year, when they call back and say they need that again, I said, listen, I'm doing you a favor this year, and it, it, it's normally $1,000. I'm giving it to you for 500 blah, blah, blah. Next year, but last year, I only charged you 500 But remember, that was for a reduced fee. It's really important. And you want to know something else? Important, because that client then takes that contract, shows it to their friend, and says, oh, look what they did it to me for. And now it's in front of them going, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry, but that was something special that it is. Normally, we charge $1,000. Now it's in front right. of them, right? That, that's it. Right. Absolutely. You have, to show your, you have to show your values. Don't yes. just say, okay, it's 500 bucks because the next person will go, but you gave it to them for 500 No, I did it for this reason. It was a courtesy. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And, and not only may they forget, but they may have handed the file down to somebody else or somebody else is in charge or there's a new chair. Yep. And you start all over with people, even though you have history. So it's important to have all that documented.
Absolutely. 100% document. We're detailed, detailed, detailed. That's what we do for a living. That's that's our risk management. We, we take all the detail for the look and feel of the event. Take your detail on your contracts as well. Protect your future events. So how did you get into this business at the age of 14? Like, What drew you into this? Where was where was 14-year-old Michael's head at? Well, it was actually 13-year-old Michael's head. So okay. I'm going to tell you this. So I've told this story so many times. I hope I don't bore everybody. But it's, it, this is a true story. Um, my, my dad passed away when I was about 10 and a half. And I, I'm the youngest of four kids. And there's a big difference between my sisters and my brother and I. Um, I'm the baby of the bunch. Um, I'm 11 years apart from my brother, 14 years apart from my next sister, and 16 years apart from my oldest sister. Um, I was born September 1964. So that means mom and dad got a little funky on New Year's Eve of 1964. And I popped out nine months later. I don't Accidentally. think I was at all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's a little bit of information. And then... Um, 1977 rolled around, and the hot movie of 1977 was Saturday Night. Uh huh. And um, I wasn't supposed to watch a movie at 13 years old. If you ever watch Saturday Night Fever, it's yeah. not a very nice movie, <laughs> very violent movie too, especially the way that women are treated. Horrible. I did love watching today. I was like, oh my god. Um, 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 but. I didn't think it was John Travolta was the wow I wanted to be. I liked the DJ up in the DJ booth. He had all the girls in the DJ booth. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And I was like, woohoo, I want to be a DJ. So I went out and bought Radio Shack turntables with money that I saved. <laughs> Radio Shack, it worked on a rubber band. I had a half a milk crate of albums for uh, our Gen Zers and millennials out there. That's a vinyl thing that you put on a turntable. And <laughs> I was supposed to play on September 3rd of 1977, Labor Day weekend. And the event got canceled. It was for the American Legion Hall in Brooklyn. And it got canceled because of rain. And the next weekend, September 10th, seven days later, was my birthday. So I actually started on my 13th birthday, September 10th, 1977. So that's how I keep track of all this. And uh, every time I age, that's one more year. But was that a party that did, did you what? DJ? Did you DJ your own birthday party? No, no, yeah, because I was at this American Legion block party, so they right. paid me twenty five bucks. They moved it a week later to September tenth. They paid me twenty five bucks. I played for eight hours. I only had half a crate of records, so I played the same song six to ten times. I don't know because I didn't have enough records to go right, for eight right. hours. And and it was fine. It was great. I got paid twenty five bucks. But what started was this. Mm, this urge to be okay in front of people. And then the DJ became the MC with a hundred foot cord. And then the MC brought in the DJ. And then I had the DJ behind me and I would be the MC out there. And then the performers. And then in the early eighties, we just reinvented Long Island. Um, um, the bar mitzvah scene was ours. We owned it. We were doing, and this, uh, you may sound like he's exaggerating within a, a, in the course of a year, uh, it was nuts. We would do anywhere from uh, 1,200 to 1,500 events a year through the 80s and 90s. Bar and bat mitzvahs, Friday night, one in the afternoon Saturday, one in the evening Sunday, uh, uh, Saturday night, one in the uh, Sunday. And it was teams of 15 crews that were going out. So we owned it. We thought we were the who's who. But as we were doing this, guys, there was something that made me say, who are we doing these events for? Because it was really cool. 
And there was the family I did the 40th birthday for and the 25th anniversary and, and, and uh, the kids bar mitzvah. And these families are at country clubs and who's who. And I wanted to know more about what their businesses were and how they became of this stature. So I asked questions like, you know what? You should come do one of our incentive programs. I was like, incentive program, great. Didn't know what an incentive program, where is it? And they're like, Puerto Rico. I heard Puerto Rico. I was like, okay, we're going to Puerto Rico. So that's where in the 90s, I started going to conferences like the Special Event and Event Solutions to learn, to learn. That's why you like what we said before, to understand this. And, and going forward, to step away from the MC and step away from the DJ end of it, to be the producer, that's what I wanted to do. And then it's, it moved us into the future. And believe it or not, then in 2001, that's how the hot list was born. Because when I was going to these events and learning and wanting to understand about production and, and staging and lighting and sound, the hot list was born because I don't believe I was taking away tangible information. I, was, I wanted to learn, but people were talking more about war stories and what they did in events. I wanted to give back. So I decided to open up my black book of ideas. And that's how the hot list was born by sharing. A lot of people got upset because it was pre-Google. I was giving away too much information. But I really didn't care. And look at where we are today. I think it's great that you share that information. Uh, it only uh, makes the industry better. It Because what you're bringing to that stage are acts that are appropriate, uh, are professional. Uh, we're not talking about acts that are debased in any way or, um, you know, are just not... Um, for lack of a better word, family friendly or fun. They're really good acts. Yes. And when people are aware of these acts and they're using them, it elevates the entire industry to my mind because they're using what is considered the best of the best. And they're bringing these people to their events because there's a lot of bad out there. Let's not pretend that there isn't. There are a lot of people who want to be doing events and don't understand that it's talent plus skill plus professionalism plus uh, discipline and all of these things. Uh, so you're bringing that to the special event. Not only that, but I, I've always felt that the shows have leaned more heavily towards decor than entertainment. And it seems to me that there is a greater number of people more interested in the decor than in how to build an entertainment program. And you're one of the people at TSE that stays focused on entertainment, even though many of the classes and many of the workshops are not about entertainment. I, I thank you for that. And, and, and the reason why is because no matter what, just on the corporate side, I think both of you realize this, the corporate side, no matter how much you have to plan for an incentive trip, with the hotels and the flights and the meetings and and forget about incentive. What if it's just a, a sales conference and things like that and the production end of it, you're gonna come in at that point or that person's gonna say, well, okay, we've built it all. What's gonna open up this program? What's going to be at the gala dinner? What are we gonna do that's gonna entertain people? And I like saying this many, many times and I've used this word for years and I love it because I think it sums it all up. What is that sorbet that you need to cleanse the palate in between the talking heads? And that's what I want to give the audience. There are things that just, those moments that, that people say, wow, I love it. 
I've been to so many conferences and there's so many great clients that we've been to with 10, 15, 20 years. And when, you know, it, 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 I hope it doesn't sound cocky, but it, when I walk into a room and, and the attendees see you, oh, Michael, what's coming this year? They get excited and you've got everything that you're doing, but they know that I'm bringing something of a wow. Wait till you see what's happening tonight. It's going to get great. That's everything. That's going to be those moments that you really need. The room could look gorgeous. The room could look beautiful. But if you've got someone sitting back or standing there laughing, remembering a moment, that's what they're going to remember a hell of a lot longer. That's the takeaway experience, yeah. Yep. I also like to say, Michael, that um, in my teachings that entertainment, better than any other element in events, helps you to achieve your goals and objectives if you use it correctly. Right. And it's a really 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 strong tool and i think many are afraid of it because, they are yeah. because it, i think it's one of again maybe because I'm, I'm i'm so deep into it i believe it's one of the hardest things to produce because you're dealing with talent you're dealing with egos you're dealing with personalities flying people everything that has to be there but it, it's it's a hard thing to produce and a lot of people don't know how to produce entertainment they think they just hire it don't understand writers on, on anything. Forget about name talent on any performer or anything like that. Mm -hmm. The things that have to be in place, the rehearsals that have to be, be there, make sure that there's time allocated to make sure it's perfect. So when you do execute it, it's done in a professional way. A lot of people are afraid of it. You're absolutely right. How and did I, you, I, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, we. This is something we talk about with talent and the need for writers and the respect for the artist and stuff. What What's your take on that? How do you explain to a client why a writer is important and, and how that talent has to be respected and worked with? Because as entertainers, and that's that's my background is, is uh, as an actor, uh, you know, oftentimes we're looked at as just kind of fodder. Oh, you're just, you're just the window dressing. You know, it's not important. So how do you show the importance of that. I, I tell every client that we're working with, especially when we're, we have a, a, a big talent, especially when I, I walk a very, very thin line. It's a very thin line between client and talent. You don't want to piss off the, the talent because you don't want them doing a bad show and you got to make the client happy with these wishes. But it's not always saying yes, yes, yes to the client and saying yes, yes, yes to, to, the, to the talent. It's getting in that middle ground, that fine line. What are you looking for for that event? Well, I want a, a hundred person meet and greet. You're not going to get a hundred person meet and greet. Can I do you 25 couples? Yeah, I probably could do you 25 couples. I could probably make that happen. And knowing everything that they're looking for, and, and if we were talking about talent, talent, knowing what you're putting in front of them, and maybe it doesn't have to be named talent, but when you're presenting it to the act, it's not just picking up the phone and saying, okay, I need you here, blah, blah, blah. And then they're totally surprised and caught off guard and not knowing what to expect for a show or tell them, listen, I just want you to know you're getting into town that day, but we have to do rehearsal at eight o'clock that night, even though there's things that, because that's the first time we're getting the stage. If you lay all that out, client side understands, talent side understands that fine thin line that you're on they're happy and they're happy bravo you're gonna have a great show but i'm very clear with the client don't hit me with surprises because if i have to bring it back to them and they say it's going to be more money then it's going to be more money we right. didn't put that up front oh i need right. them for two more hours well you're not going to get them for two more hours right. tell me that up front that's what you negotiate in deals and that's what you put into a contract
So that's the fine line. And vice versa. You know, don't put the talent into uh, an air-conditioned cab when they arrive at the airport that day and you got to move them someplace else. Give them a little bit of respect. They need water. They need beverages. They need they need some food. It may sound like uh, uh, the, the unimportant things. Well, I can't add that to the bottom line. Then fine. Build it into the contract you're charging the client and you handle it. You put it in the room for them. The client doesn't want to know about those things. Then turn key it. All right. Then make it happen. Figure it out. But you got to know all these steps that are there because if they're happy, I love when a talent tells us, oh, we love working with the Cervelli team. They're on top of it. We get timelines. We see everything. We know what's happening. That means a lot. Don't just make them walk in that day and, okay, get on stage and you're slapping them around. You can't. And the you client can. should be the money that they're spending should be getting one of the best shows ever. So make your client happy because most likely your client has their bosses or their client that they got to make happy. And that's the bottom line. Correct. And I don't think it could be understated how valuable it is to work with somebody like you, like Bellotta, that has been around, that understands where, where the needs are really important on a rider and what might not be so important, what can be negotiated, just based on experience and know-how. That's not something that you pick up in a year. This is something that you pick up with experience year after year after year and working with a variety of artists. So it does behoove the client to work with a professional such as you because A, you know the ropes, you know where you might be able to save them money, you know, like you just said, hey, let me know upfront what it is you want because after we get this deal going, anything else you ask for, it's basically too late and you could be subject to another charge. Yep. Uh, and these are things that you have learned and you know through your experience. It just points to the fact that having somebody on your side that understands the nuances is so key. Don't try to do this on your own. Correct. And, and Anthony, I think you know something on there too. The main thing with the rider is whatever the act may be for ABC dollars, there's a DEF dollars too. That yes. Some people don't realize that. There's the back end, staging, lighting, sound, things that they're going to say. So even knowing how to give a, a client an estimate or prior to booking them, let's do this. Let's get on the phone with your production company and have a conversation with them. These are the things that we'll need. Well, I don't think I'll be able to bring in a pin spot. Well, what about if we did a Lico and put that in there and hit the stage with Lico's instead? Oh, we could do that, Michael. Okay, that could work. Let me bring that to the client because I can't put a spot in the back of the room because I, we don't have a place to put it. The room's too bad. Have those conversations. Then the client knows what the DEF charges are as well. And now they're going to make an uh, educated decision. You know, a client could pick up the phone and be like, I just got the bill from my production company. This is outrageous. I didn't know the band was going to be that much extra money. Well, there's a rider. It's not, that's not the answer. Support your client. That's that fine, thin line. Know what a price of a rider is, too. It's not just a rider where they need green M&Ms. It's the price of the staging, the lighting, and the sound, and travel. And you have to have the wherewithal to work the system. I'll call it the system because <laughs> the system. It's, it's, it's not so cut and dry, right? It's not as though you can call a William Morris and say, all right, let me get all these figures down and let me get all this together. You really have to have your ducks in a row and you have to present an offer that's viable. Yeah. And you may not even see the rider or you might get a rider because you want to price it out. That's 
antiquated or outdated. And you may not find that out until two months down the road. So all of the things that you're doing and preparing your client are so key. It, it's very important to me when we get name talent writers that when they send it to us, we'll look at it immediately. And I think you guys know this. It's, it's usually a concert writer, which is not what, a, what, what, a, what an event is. So that's where we'll start looking at that immediately and build that into the next steps. We'll speak to the touring manager. We'll speak to the technical director from the team. And we're getting everything in place ahead of time and making that, making that happen. So those, those writer background negotiations that have to get there, don't do it with the agents. Get to the touring manager and get to the uh, technical director from the team. And nine out of 10 times, they're usually cool about this stuff. You know, it, it's, it's I, I said it before, and it's one of my favorite, one of my favorite new talents to book, and I, I can't even tell you how many times we've worked with them, is Pitbull. And these are teams that travel the world. And, and when they hear that we're producing stuff, and it's nice when they go like, what do you need? We'll make it happen. Yeah, you know, I know what he likes. I know what I have to give him. And I got to make sure that he's happy on that stage. But when the touring team knows that you're there doing one of your events, that's a great accomplishment in this world. Your names out there, if you're producing events and able to do this stuff, get into that world. Have those people at your fingertips. Have these people and connect with them and not just like, oh, I booked Lady Gaga and blah, 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 blah. It's not all about the name that you're booking. It's about the people working behind the scenes to support not only you, but your client. And that's what you really want. Learn how to speak the lingo. Learn how to talk the talk. Learn, make deals, be upfront, be honest. And there'll always be a, a little um, pitfall here and there and we'll trip someplace. But if you do it correctly, you could get, get, get around it. I can't, I can't agree more than that. And there's another piece of that, and that is if you don't do it correctly, there's a good chance you won't be able to book those headliners again because that word does get back to the agency, and the agent will call you and say, what happened? What went wrong? And if you don't have a viable story, I won't use the word blacklisted, but it could be very difficult to get in with an artist who's handled by that same agency if you're messing up. You, you know, I, 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 I don't really like war stories, but a war story that I have with it, a very big act that the client, I want him, I want him, the client I've known for years. And an agency uh, we spoke to and said, well, they got it, they want an answer. Are they available? They, they want to make it happen. They got the answer. It took about three weeks. Yes, we'll move it forward. The client, okay, we got them. And the client that said, eh, we changed our mind. Change your mind. You've been asking me every single day if we got them. Well, we don't want to move. And I didn't do that with a firm talent offer. I didn't go in the right way. And I could have got dinged really, really bad by a very, very big agency because the artist said yes. But because of years of doing it right, I got a little slap on the wrist. Nothing nothing that blacklisted me, thank God. But right. I, I got the, Michael, this will be the last time that ever happens. We'll never do that again. Am I correct? Yes. But if, if, if this was a newbie that was doing it, which but they probably wouldn't have done it for, but if me, they did, you got to be careful. We could all make mistakes, but no, no, no. If you build your reputation the right way, it will precede you. And I'm sure you told the client, once we send in this offer, 
we're good to go. If they agree, we've got a show. I'm sure you told them that. We do this every year with this client, but she she just really wanted an answer. And I, I respected her and I love her as a client. And we're still my client to this day. Did we have a little trip up at that point? Okay, yeah, what we did. But it was my own fault. That's one thing about anything you're doing with contracts going forward, make sure signatures, we won't move anything. We got something today, it was such a simple contract. My team said, you gotta sign it, Michael. I said. Your pages on an initial, then they were like, oops, forgot. Initial the pages. Just do all those things. You got it? In in this day and age where everybody's ready to do a lawsuit on anything, and thank God, never right. been sued ever like like that. But um, um, just protect yourself. You share you gotta protect yourself as a as a company. And it goes back to what we were saying before. Forget about financial, protect yourself on a legal side too. That's what you have to do in our in our industry. Because Excuse my English, I don't like cursing, but shit happens. That's the word, all right? It happens, it happens, it happens. And who knew where we would be today? Who right. knew where we would be today? May I, may I thank you for saying I made a mistake? And the reason why is because that ability enabled you to see the mistake and to avoid that mistake moving forward. You are stronger, you are better at what you do. And this points to the fact that you're not afraid to say, hey, I made an error. When you do that, you take the responsibility and you find new ways to do things that work better. When you don't do that and you just foist the blame on someone else, you're not learning anything and you're likely to fall into the same trap again. Here's a gent who's been in the business 44 years who's not afraid to say, Michael Cervelli, I made a mistake. Because at the end of the day, you are now better for doing so and owning the tiny little thing rather than foisting it on someone else. What is your thought on taking responsibility in this business and being a professional? You seem to do it easily. Absolutely, we're a team here. Many times we'll be sitting here and and thank you for, for the kind words, but it's just, if you're part of a team, and it's it's something we believe here, and, and you'll never hear me say, "Oh, my employees or they work for me" or stuff like that. We're a team, all right. And and though I may be the executive producer, or my name may be on the shingle, and I'm not the executive producer of every event. But guys, what happened here, Michael? Blah 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 blah. Okay, let's fix it. The same way that I would step up and say, "Hey guys, I I, I told you to do that. Uh, my mistake. Just." Where if, if we all support each other and watch out for each other, those mistakes that could happen, don't just go because, and my team knows it, just don't do it because I said it. I want you to hear, my, uh, hear your opinion too. You might hear something come out of my mouth and say, Michael, I just want you to think about it this way. Uh, I, want, I, I would like to see maybe this. And sometimes they're bringing up a red flag and I'll go, you know what? That's a really good point. Let's do it that way. I like that. You know what? That's a different way to look at it. They will help you not make those mistakes. But when you do make uh, make an error or you may say something, catch it here. You can catch it as a team prior with having eyes. I did a contract this weekend. I'm the boss. All right. You want to call me the boss? Fine. I'm the boss. But I didn't send that out. I sent it to my team. Do me a favor, guys. Eyes on this before it goes out. And there was a mistake that was caught a spelling error. And they sent it back to me and said, Michael, we fixed it. It's ready to go. Great. Thanks. And vice versa. We're all looking out for each other. 
if you look at to each other ahead of time to to uh, to to support anything that may go wrong or anything that that could get out into the world if you're watching out for each other those mistakes are less and less but no we're human we all could make mistakes but the better you become as a team watching out for each other i think that will help you grow as a company how long have you had your team members i i, um, I have to assume nobody leaves michael cervelli no it's it, thank you for saying that thank you for saying that but yeah we've had we've had turnover and it's a hard industry and I, I'm, I'm a creative guy. I'm, I'm extremely OCD and ADD on certain things. So at times it may not be um, rainbows and flowers around here, but I will tell you this, there's no screaming and yelling. This is the office that we pound the desk on and um, curse here, curse here, because we're the ones that aren't running on an event. Meaning something goes wrong in an event, you'll never see us run across the room, all right? We've got everything under control. Here, in this office, is where we run across the room. So for certain people that, that, that do come for, with us, um, I think they learn that the event industry is not the Kardashians really, really fast. All right? I want to produce events. All right, right. get ready. What time are we have to be on site? Uh, six o'clock a.m. Six o'clock a.m. I don't. I didn't get home till six o'clock a.m. Well, you better get on site. So that's where some people have 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 um, um, not been able to uh, <laughs> ride the horse as long as many others. But there we have um, 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 people that have been with me ten years. Maybe they've gone moved on and do other things. Right now, our longest employee is five years, Sarah Miletus. And during COVID, she actually got a promotion and a raise during COVID. Um, she's our director of operations and productions. Megan Shipley is CMP, uh, a promotion and a raise during uh, COVID. So, you know, these things that are in place, the one thing that we do, and, and um, I don't know who said it, I thought somebody else said it, but I always uh, say that somebody said it, and it meant a lot to me, who never said it. They said, if Michael drives a Mercedes, he wants to see you drive a Mercedes. And that's the way I feel about employees. If you're gonna do good, they should be rewarded. They should feel the growth of the company too, and they should feel that they're able to expand. Some of them just, it's too hot in the kitchen, this event industry at times. So if you're gonna really support them, they're gonna be with you, make sure they reap the benefits of what they have brought in and the success of an event. And you've hit your margins. Is there things that you could be doing? Is there ways to reward them? Not only monetarily, but hey, why don't you and uh, the husband go out to dinner tonight and have a great weekend on us and stuff like that? Those are the things that are in place. You know, I, I heard from Kevin um, from uh, TLC Creative. I had a great conversation with him the other day. And just to make sure that he did not lose his team during this past year. And it was hard at times because of what they do. They're, they're a live event company. He paid the rent for his employees just to keep that team around. And that blew my mind in that conversation. And I was so proud of him. You want to keep your team. You want your team to have the same name that you do. So when someone said Sarah or Megan or Cameron or Kristen or Katie or anybody else that else that's on this team, they should have the same name like you. And you all work together toward a successful event. It's not just a face. I love it. Yeah, that's a beautiful answer.
And hopefully Alex will say we she feels the same way in our office. <laughs> I I say this all the time and you don't hear me say it, but I do say it all the time because you know we have so many mutual friends, Anthony, but that I am so grateful and appreciative and I admire how hard you have worked to keep us all together. This was not something that was necessarily always easy, but the goal from beginning, and we all felt this, not one of us didn't feel this, was that your goal, in addition to keeping the company running, was to keep us part of the team. I never felt, yeah, it's scary, especially given some of the other changes in my life over this year, but I never felt like I was in jeopardy. I know a lot of people out there in whatever industry they're in, whatever job they're working, they couldn't say that. So we we did feel that. And that's, it, it, it's key when you're in uncertain times to know there's a net underneath you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad I went fishing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't give me a chance. I was going to go there. I'm glad I went fishing. Don't lose that thought. But isn't that a nice feeling, Anthony, that you, that the team's got your back? Isn't that a great feeling? Unbelievable. They know you've got their back and they and they and vice versa. And it hasn't always been this way. I, I think honestly I have the best team I've ever had right now and the most supportive team that I have ever had. And I feel that I have a team that understands that I'm not just sitting around, you know, twiddling my thumbs that I'm really working and making things happen, even if I'm not in the office. It hasn't always been this way. Uh, there are people that are just, as you say, that can't stand the heat. And so you, you really can't keep them around because there's a tendency to poison or the, just the unhappiness just doesn't work. And, uh, there's only so much you can do, right? I mean, there's a job to do at the bottom. At the end of the day, we're here to do a job. And while you want people to feel comfortable and you want them to feel engaged in their work, it's still work. And you still, to your point, need somebody there at 6 a.m. and you may be there till midnight. It's just the way it is in this industry. And, and with that, you know, it's, it's, we're not contractors. If we build a wall and the wall cracks, we can't go back and fix it. We've usually have one shot with an event and, and that's it, one shot. So if, if we can't get it right the first time, it's the client's gonna be, but this is what we expected. You can't go back the next day and fix it. There is no second day in our industry. No, I lament about that all the time, Michael. Every time I watch a Broadway production or a film, I think, wow, they had a lot of rehearsals on, didn't they? Yes. Oh, my God. A Broadway show every night. And, yes, there are mistakes that probably happen on that stage we never see. Yep. You all know it, right? But they they know how to do it. They, and, and when this mistake sometimes really does happen, the way they get that audience to laugh or get it, like, boom, we expect it. And, and that's it. Not that it's a catastrophe. And that's what I said before. You don't run across the dance floor. You don't run when something happens. You fix it. Oh, what happened? Michael, the chandelier just fell. Okay, get a broom. Let's get some photos. Let's light up the room a different way. Figure it out because the show must go on. Yes. Uh, there's just one other thing I want to point out that I believe you feel as well. 
the producer is important, but the producer doesn't have to be visible in the room. And I, I say that because I've, I've been to conferences and shows and fundraisers, and I've seen the producer make himself visible in the room by, you know, running a mic that didn't need to be run, by just getting in the way, if you will. And I just feel the best producers are those who lay in the background, are observing, and don't have to be in the picture, but remains the observant, if you will, and make sure that things are happening. I feel I, I need to share that with you because I've seen it so many times. It, it annoys me. I love being behind the scenes. I love, I love that 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 the bird's eye view of the event. But if you have the proper people in the right places, as an A1 or an A2, an audio engineer, if that A1's on the board. If he needs to get that microphone out there, that person's there. If you properly staff an event and it's done the right way, you don't need to be running around like a chicken without a head. You have to look at, you have to be the control tower. You're the producer. What am I producing? The director, whatever you want to call yourself, take the bird's eye view, watch everything, and be on headset, be whatever you are, be able to talk to your team. But if you know that there's major stuff happening on stage and you don't have a stage manager there or anything like that, you are going to run around like a nut that day because you've got to get things. Oh, God, who's going to push that person out on stage? Those are the things a lot of people don't know. Like, why am I paying for all these people? You've heard of it. How many times from a client? We don't need all these people. Uh, you'll, do, uh, you'll use my assistant. Right. No, I will not. Exactly. <laughs> I always come back with, sure, can she blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, hey, I, we're, we're out of time. You Just one last thing. You, we're going to play a little game, but before we do that, okay. you mentioned we mentioned the hot list coming to TSE in yeah. July in Miami, and you teased it a little bit, but can you just tease it a tiny bit more? Maybe give us a, a little tease about something that's planned, maybe? Something that's planned. Uh Okay, the same way we closed the show last year in Vegas, what I told you before, yes, an incredible uh, closing, 100 million moments, will be connected to the opening of this show this year that I promise you will be inspiring, motiva uh, motivating, and um, hit you right in the chest. I can't wait. That... You know, I think you know it. I'm usually shot out of a cannon at one of these shows. Uh huh. This is not the year to be shot. No, out. not the year. No. But you're going to bring it you, home. It's it, what, what, the way we closed it is the way we're going to open it up. It's going to all connect. Yeah. Very, teaser. Very That's a good teaser, right? Yes. That's a perfect teaser. All right. Before we let you go, we'd like okay. to play a little game we call this or that. Yes. 10 this or that questions, we'll just basically say, do you like this or this? this excuse me, do you like this or that? And no. you'll tell us which one you like. Now, but our game, you get one, I would not like either of those. And you get just one, one, just one. Right. And you get one, I'd like both of those. Okay. But you get this one of that. each. I'm so, writing this down because I'm going to forget. This, that, I don't, what's it? I don't like that. You don't like, like either? I don't like either. And I love both. I love both. I got it. 
you get them. So I'm just warning you because I, I say this every time people shoot their wad right at the beginning and they say neither. And then later they wish they hadn't. So just FYI. Okay. First one, De Niro or Pacino? Oh, De Niro. This. I had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Mets or Yankees? Mets. Yay. I even have a Met cap. Cool. Uh, my All dog's right. name, my dog's name is Shay. No, oh, I love that. I love that. Cheese ravioli or meat ravioli? Cheese. Hey. Only cheese. Taxi or subway? <laughs> See, taxi. <laughs> I ain't going down there. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Ford or Hugo Boss? Tom Ford. Date night or family game night? This is a tricky one. This is, I like both. Yay, both, good answer. Yeah. Martini or Manhattan? Manhattan. Ah. Hmm. I didn't, you know, I wasn't sure about that because I don't think I've ever seen you with a drink in your hand, quite honestly. So I wasn't even sure that you were I drinking. I don't drink that much, but to be honest with you, I don't know if you see what's behind me right here. Oh, I do. Lots of tequila. It looks like high-end tequila, too. Oh, yeah. Wait, 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 can I tell Stop, stop, stop. I know we're out of time, but do you know about the Casa Azul uh, 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 bottles? Yes. Uh, yes. Do you know about this? Mm -hmm. You know who just taught me this three weeks ago? Who? Chef Daniel Balud. I never really? knew this ever in my life. You take the cap and... <laughs> it's the greatest thing in the world. Oh, I didn't know wow. that. I didn't know that. You know about that? No. So, we, we, we opened up Chef Daniel Balud's brand new restaurant in New York City, La Pavillon. La Pavillon. La Pavillon. Gotta say it right. La Pavillon. And at the end of the night, the Azul came out. All right? And when you're ready to drink Azul, the bell. He goes, what bell? There's no bell. He goes, there's a bell on the bottle. Bell on the bottle. Yep. He takes the cap, doesn't put it all the way down, and goes, <laughs> and rings the bell. So that's what you're supposed to do when you drink the tequila. Well, I love We'll have it with you. Oh, yes. I'm bringing this bottle. <laughs> okay, go. All right. Number eight. Russia or Switzerland? Switzerland. Davos, Switzerland. All the way. Davos, Davos, Davos. World Economic Forum. Greatest, most beautiful place in the world. I'm dying to go. And I've, been to I've been to both. I've been to right. both. But St. Petersburg in Russia, gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. I did an event to Catherine the Great's Summer Palace. And... I've been to Switzerland. I love Davos. Where would you like to go next? I just have to throw it out there. Bed. <laughs> Bed. I'm exhausted. <laughs> to bed. Oh, I thought you said Tibet. No, to bed. <laughs> to bed. I'm exhausted. All right, number nine. You'll love this one. Briefs or boxers? Oh, briefs. Mm -hmm. I think I've seen them by... by it's a whole nother story. It's a whole other story. But I've seen those. those I, have to keep, I have to keep talking. I want to hear that story over a shot of tequila after the bell is rung. Alex, all I have to tell you, it was on stage and all I was wearing was a robe and briefs. That's it. Yes. And it was for search. It was for, <laughs> it was for a good cause. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. Good cause. <laughs> Last question. Facebook or Instagram? Ah. Uh, I don't like either. Nah, I'm so with you. <laughs> I did it. Look, I didn't shoot my load. Didn't. You did not. Did. You're a smart man. 
but we always knew I mean, that. About I think it. my I I like um, um, I like both is 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 my family and my wife. Those are the two. That that's the all of this that we do that we spoke about today, guys. Everything it's all about where you go home at nighttime and rest your head. And and family is everything. You're not doing this um, um, all this hard work for for nothing. I love my family. I love being with them, and that's what it's that's all about. Well, we didn't get to this question because um, it's kind of a passion of mine and a passion that's really uh, come up through this whole experience of the last year is finding that balance between work and family and being home and not being able to travel as much had to have been somewhat of a blessing for you to be able to spend more time with your kids and your beautiful wife. It, it was, Alex. And I, 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 just to say this last thing, you know, there are a lot of people like, oh, the kids, the homeschool. Listen, it wasn't easy for Kelsey. That's my 11-year-old. But for Nicholas, he, he did great. He, he really did. He actually went back to school sooner because he goes to private school. But um, um, we had dinner every single night together. They had breakfast, lunch, and dinner with us. And we sat at a table every night for almost a year. And we had dinner together. And it, and it was amazing. It was amazing just to be with them and laugh. And we brought in game night. And we have games we bought now and things like that. And we still just, it was fun to be that way. But it's, it's, it was something that, yes, if, if travel was there, it's all those moments that I lose, the weeks that I'm not at home. It was a lot to me. A lot of people couldn't, oh, my God, I'm stuck with my family. I enjoyed it. I Good did. for you. It's nice. Yeah. You, uh, you got engaged on the stage of the hot list several years back, as I recall. 2015, February 2015. So you're married five years now, six years, almost we got six married years? That, we got married that year, 2015. So, yeah, we just celebrated our sixth wedding anniversary. We have three. We got married in June officially in in Jersey in, in our hometown because the mayor had to marry us because we were going to Italy in August to have the wedding there, but you're not legally allowed to get married in there. And then when we came back to New York, it was only 20 of us in Italy. And then when we came back to New York, we had a party. So we had three anniversaries in one year that year. So from engagement to the last event that happened that October, it was an amazing year. Wow, yeah. that is amazing. Yeah. You did all three, a destination wedding, a Jersey wedding, and then a party? Yeah, with this mayor, dinner that night, Italy, 20 people, and then a real party, just a party in New York with a lot of tequila. I wish I was ringing the bell that night. <laughs> you were ringing the bell, kid. I, I, I was ringing the bell. You're always <laughs> ringing the bell, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, I can't thank you enough for being here with us today and taking time with us. It, it's great to reconnect with you. I, I look forward to seeing you next month. And uh, what a great conversation. Thank you for being open and honest and giving back as you do. I'm honored, both of you. Listen, make it wonderful. Have a great day. And thank you, everybody, for listening. God bless. We'll see you next thank month. You. See you next month. Bye, guys. See you next Bye. month. Michael, thank you so much. Michael Cervelli. Thank you. That was such a great interview with Michael Cervelli. It was never met him wonderful. Before. It was so great to see him in this light instead of, I, you know, the man on stage and the that big, bigger than life personality. And just to see this more of this humble, 
one-on-one -on -one side. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation. Ditto. Uh, you know, it's honest. I've known Michael for a very long time and we have a lot of friends in the industry, Audrey Gordon being one of them. Uh, this, this was a terrific interview. I've learned things about him that I, I didn't know. And uh, it, it's interesting to hear that we handle things very similarly. Uh, I'm, I'm buoyed by that as well, you know, uh, because he gets it. He understands how to do it right. And that's what we need in this industry is more of the Michaels that get it and understand what's necessary. Uh, to make more of the Pilatus. I'm just going to throw that in right. for that one. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we have to go. We're at the end of our show. One last thing I wanted to point out was we just started talking about In the Heights. Uh, we had the opportunity here at Bellata to be on the inside of a few interviews with uh, Leslie Grace and uh, Melissa Barrera, who are in the movie. Leslie plays Nina and um, Melissa plays uh, Vanessa. And Wow. You know, we entered, we were part of that interview last year as a part of Latitude. It took all this time to finally see the movie and their performances were so spot on, so delightful. As a matter of fact, I had fun with Melissa when we were engaged in that interview. She was just so charming and full of humor. And that's exactly what I saw in her performance. Delicious. I love that. Delicious. Uh, so please catch the movie in the Heights. A little bit different than the Broadway show, but just as powerful and entertaining. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, the 35th episode of Bellotified and our interview with Michael Cerbelli. Any final words, Alex? Anything you'd like to say to send us on our way? Well, I, I kind of want to just take the afternoon off now and go watch in the Heights because I didn't see it this um, this weekend, but I won't. I will work. <laughs> I'll be a good girl. <laughs> yeah, if you have things to do, you know, if you don't. No, but you know what, just kind of how we, we, what we were talking about before, when the show, when we just started uh, today about the connections and the human relation that you make through what we do. And today was an example of that, right? Because now <laughs> I got to see Mr. Cervelli in a whole different light and I feel a connection now that I'm going to take with me. And so that was, that's very cool. So go out and make those connections. Yes, go out and make those connections. Smile, be approachable, accessible, uh, and be the change you want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks for leading us there. Oh, you're welcome. I'll take the afternoon off now, feeling so good. <laughs> Well, that's it for us today. Hey, listen, if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please, please subscribe. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating. Alex, this worth every bit of it, I promise. If you'd like to talk with us, leave a question or have a concern or a comment, just go to bolada.com, that's our website, and look for the podcast tab. And uh, you'll see a little uh, field there where you can type in your question or comment, and we will share it on our next broadcast. Don't be shy. We want to hear from you. That's yeah. it for us today, right? Yes. Woo 
Have a great day. Make it a great week. And uh, bye-bye. Goodbye. my fan on low my ceiling fan but it's because it's yeah we're on i'm in the living room so there are no fans no fannies i got enough fanny for both of us we're good <laughs>